Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with trumpeter, cornetist, and composer Ron Miles. Right out of Denver, Colorado, he talked about his musical journey that includes a huge host of collaborations with the finest in jazz. With cats like Bill Frizzell and Brian Blade, we discussed yet another new venture on his part with the band Whirlpool. What the Denver scene is like these days, who his jazz heroes are, and many more insights and stories from a journey jazz cat. Please dig this interview, my friends. So let me go ahead and start off here. I know that uh, Whirlpool's been busy and they have a new album coming out, but what has been going on with you lately? Uh, well, um, I have a trio with Bill Frizzell and Brian Blade, and we re- released them last year, so we're playing in Montreal this week. Um, let's see. Um, I'm doing this film. Uh, we play live with Bill Frizzell, The Great Flood. We're playing at the this Wilco Festival this week, and um, Myra Melford has a new record out called Snowy Egret. Busy Ben Goldberg has a new record out with Mel Klein and a bunch of folks. Mm, let's see, uh, Wayne Horvitz has a new record coming out next month. Um, so yeah, I, I've been busy. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> So in addition to all of that, you're um, you're you're a part of Whirlpool, the collaboration with um, Caroline Davis, Jeff Swanson, and Charles Roback. Talk to me a little bit about the beginnings of this group and kind of the evolution to current day. Well, I mean they're they're you know a long-standing working band, so they have a um, a great way of playing. And they asked me to sit in with them when they came through Denver one time, and and uh, I enjoyed playing with them. And I think they felt like maybe I added. Uh, made a, a positive contribution to their music. So from that point, um, they set up a recording and asked what I participate in, and I was happy to do so. Um, so, they, I mean, they, they still are really a, a band, and, and, and I, I, I get to be a part of this particular project. I look at it more than more than me insinuating my way inside the band, even though it would be an honor to be a part of their band. I think yeah. they're a pretty self-contained trio as it is. So. Cool. So they're going to release the album Dancing on the Inside. You all are going to release the album on June 30th. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about your feelings on this release and kind of the creative energy that went into this album. Well, they, you know, they 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 brought a lot of great music in and we got a chance to play a couple of gigs and and rehearse a bunch and I like I say I think that the the real great thing about them is they play so well together. They have developed a a real language, a, a real approach to playing. That, that, that also, for me, it was it was nice that they made me feel welcome, and, and that their view is not so narrow that that they can't let somebody else kind of come in and and suggest some things and and work with them as well. So it it felt like a really really natural natural approach, and also just, just I think that their instrumentation um, of of a, a single melodic instrument, guitar and drums is, you know, a, 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 a situation I've played with a lot as well. And um, so that, that, that made uh, a lot of, made me feel at home as, as well. So talk to me about the Midwestern tour you're going to go on to promote this album. That's going to be mm-hmm. coming up, I believe, in September. How do you feel about those dates? What's it going to be like to get together and to actually present this to the people? Oh, my gosh. Well, I must say that I, that's the most exciting because I, I must say the record seems so long ago that um, – uh, sorry, my phone. Sometimes people are calling. I hope that didn't interrupt there. Um, that um, 
that that this is where the ch- the music's really going to chance to grow and and uh, and and breathe a lot. Like I say, it was it was pretty darn new uh, when when we approached it that last time. So a chance to play several dates in a row is, are going to allow us to really investigate the the possibilities of of not only the songs but the group interaction as well. So do you have any plans on doing any more work with Whirlpool in the future? More recordings, more touring, anything else? Oh gosh, well I would be game. That's for sure. I think it's really um, kind of as they as they develop along the line, if they see me fitting in or or. Um, but uh, I I feel like I I, uh, I had a great time, and I'm looking forward to having a great time playing with them live. So yeah, if if the opportunity presents itself, then I'm I'm all in with them for sure. Like I say, they're three of my favorite young musicians, and 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 more than anything, I think that they're they're one of my favorite bands. They really, like I say, I just love. Their, their compositions and the way that they play together. Right on. So you seem to be a real collaboration kind of jazz musician. What is it about collaborations that, that you like to be so much a part of? Well, for me, you know, I, I don't really look at myself as uh, as a soloist. I, I really am somebody who that's my greatest joy is to is to play with other folks. And the music for me um, doesn't really come together until everybody is together on the bandstand, the possibilities of anything happening at any time. Anyone can take the lead at any moment. And the bands I've been a part of, really, um, uh, we, we go with that approach. And so sometimes it means that you'll sit on a song and, and maybe play one note or not play any notes if that's what's needed, or you'll play a lot, but, but that we're always in the moment. And um, so the, the bands that, that seem to call me are... are um, and ask me to play, and um, our bands that, that value that approach as well, that, that we're all collectively improvising as much of the time as we can. So let me get back to your roots as, as, as a person, as a musician. You grew up in Indianapolis. What was it like with growing up there and with your family that fostered this love of jazz and music that you have to this day? Oh, that's a great question. But, you know, I must say that, you know, I grew up in Indianapolis. We moved here when I was 11, and I really didn't start to play music so just before we left so really it was my musical upbringing was mostly here in indianapolis it was a lot of you know listening to the radio and 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 having music just as a part of our our family construct but but you know my folks didn't play musical instruments or anything but i'd see miles davis records around or or you know obviously we're from indiana in the 1970s so Jackson Five records were like everywhere, you know, on the back of cereal boxes <laughs> and stuff. So we we were we definitely, you know, felt like there was a vibrant music scene going on. But it really wasn't until I got to Colorado that I got deeply invested in, in, in playing music. And that that's the other part of this too. There sounds like a real rich, collaborative, kind of supportive environment going on in Denver. Talk to me a little bit about the jazz scene in Denver, Colorado in 2015. Oh, my gosh. I feel like it is, it's really just blossomed so much through the years. I mean, I, um, you know, I, I look at, at some of the magazines where people come through town and who've come out of here, like Rudy Royston and Shane Inslee and the folks in Kneebody and, and Tia Fuller and Eric Deutsch and, you know, all my trumpet brothers, you know, Kirk Konefsky and, 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 and uh, Nate Woolley and, and Kenny Warren. I mean, there's so many folks that this young... Um, folks who came after me, um, that it, it's, um, yeah, I think that there was a sense that came up in, the, in this crew that came up after me that, that yeah, we, we all like lots of different kinds of music and uh, we like to improvise and we like to, we, we had a healthy respect for each other 
and each other's musical taste. So it wasn't like, you know, oh man, you're into that, I can't hang with you, you know. You're like, oh, you're into that? Well, let me check that out, you know. I'm not familiar with that. Okay. Well, I'm into this. Well, what can we what can we do together? And so I think and I hear that in those bands, you know, when I hear Rudy's bands or 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 Rudresh Mahathaba, who's also from here, you know, or 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 like I say Tia, I hear that kind of sense of of collaboration also like I say this the sense of of respect for for lots of musical traditions. And speaking of having that sense of tradition and, and harboring that, you're a teacher at the uh, of jazz studies at the Metropolitan State University in Denver. What do you try to teach your kids that come through your class? Well, I think one of the big things we we try and do first off is to see where they're coming from, and and have them realize when they get to college that they bring a lot to the table, and part of our job is to realize what that is and see if we can build on that as opposed to just dismissing it and saying, oh, you showed up in college and, you know, you don't know what's what. We're going to show you, you know. It's like, no, you know. And so maybe maybe they, they know some bebop tunes. Oh, cool. Uh, or maybe they know this land is your land, which, you know, has the same chords as as the blues by Thelonious Monk. So let's kind of, like, check that out. You know, and, and, and so the, the degree is actually called Jazz and American Improvised Music. And so we we try and just take the whole of American improvised traditions and see if from that we can develop a musician who can go out and make music with other people. And I'm not, I must say, I'm not overly concerned with what kind of stylistic label that is when they get out of here. It doesn't matter to me really that much. It's just that they that they really realize the music that's inside of them and that they can meet other musicians and, and make some music together. And um, so this is our first full year of doing it and it's it's grown dramatically and we you know we just were able to hire Don Byron to come teach there um in the fall and Shane Inslee's gonna come teach there in the fall. And 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 those musicians have also been very influential in in fostering that that love of music for me too. They're they're great heroes of mine. So I, I think our students are, are really going to benefit from having these folks around. So when you were growing up and you were in the formative years of learning the craft, who was the most influential teacher for you? In, most influential teacher? That's a really good question. It was probably um, this fellow who lives in town uh, named Gordon Dooley, who was a, 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 um, a big band trumpet player. And, and you know, I was I started studying with him like probably right 1977, so Feel So Good by Chuck Mangione had just come out. Theme from Rocky by Maynard Ferguson. So I was like into that, you know. <laughs> and so he was he would like pull my coat and like, you know, there's you know, there's other folks, you know. He gave me this Dinah Jams record with Clifford Brown and Clark Terry and Maynard Ferguson because he knew I was in a Maynard, you know. And it's like it's like, you know, don't you check out Clifford Brown and Clark Terry on this and it's like, whoa. You know, what? And and from there I he just would turn me on to stuff and I would spend my Saturdays riding my bike all around town, haunting record stores or going to the library and pulling out old downbeats from the 1940s. And um, and then from there, you know, I got to hear Miles Davis live and Weather Reports and Art Ensemble Chicago. And then, then, it was, then it was all bets were off, you know. So him, Fred Hess, who's a, a great creative composer around here, um, and and there've been so many musicians though who let me just come on the bandstand with them as I was didn't know anything and and learn. So I, I feel I've had many teachers, but Mr. Dewey, I wanted to definitely give a shout out, shout out to him. Right on. 
why do you love jazz so much? Um, I love being able to um, to be in the moment. I love mystery. I love I love not knowing all the time. And that's what this music is about. You have to accept that you don't know what's going to happen so that you can experience what's happening. So for me, that that's how I love it. And when I play classical music, you know, I, I, I still try to approach it with that same sense of the new. Um, but but for me, like the, the language of classical music is still for me a more, just for me, a, a, a recreative music because I'm playing somebody else's notes and rhythms at this time as opposed to like, oh, I might want to play something different here. And I, I do from time to time when I'm a soloist, but it's it's still not quite as, as, as loose as the jazz is. And also, like I say, the sense that we're, that we're doing it together. It's not just that I'm experiencing this mystery, but that other musicians are. And the audience, we're all experiencing it together, and we all um, uh, courage and, and desire to explore. So that's what I like about it. So. Right on. Let me ask you, who are your jazz heroes? Who do you admire the most? I, I, I love bands. I really love bands a lot, and so uh, my my big musical heroes, um, Wayne Shorter and his band, I, I think that's just my favorite band of the present. Um, the people that I get to play with, I mean, Bill and Brian, of course. Um, um, I, I Prince, you know, is my jazz musician, but my probably my most favorite living musician is Prince and um, and Bjork, and there's so many great creative artists out there, like I say, and, and uh but those are some of the folks and, and historically, you know, people like Jelly Roll Morton and uh and and Jimmy Jufrey and other people who who've done so much of what is it we're doing now, at least spirit wise, you know, about checking out other music in a healthy respect from the Spanish tinge of, of Jelly Roll Morton to um Louis Armstrong making, you know, country music records, you know, with Jimmy Rogers. You know, so I mean, that's just the collaboration has always been a part of the music, and I think sometimes as we go along historically, we separate ourselves from from other musical traditions and artists, and and it makes us weaker. It doesn't make us stronger. And yeah. I think, you know, it's like with you know all the stuff in South Carolina and all that. That sense about us coming together is you know, like even like the governor like talking about getting rid of the flag in South Carolina. It's like, but the brains are what? Yeah. Well, I mean, a horrible, horrible tragedy. I mean, but you know, but but it, it you know it people come together in in surprising ways, man. So I have I have faith in that, and and our bandstand hopefully reflects that too, won't we? You know, you 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 named an incredible swath of artists. You're going from Bjork to Jelly Roll Mort. So I'm going to ask kind of a fictitious little realm here, a mis <laughs> a, a fantasy realm. If yeah, you right. You leave a gig in Denver, you come outside, and there's a DeLorean, and the good doc is behind the wheel, and you can punch the digits to go to a, a jazz show. What, what would you want to see in the history of the annals of jazz history? Where would you want to go, and who would you want to see? You know, there's so much, but, you know, I, I read this thing, and this, uh, so I'm just going to go with what's right in front of my mind now. Herbie <laughs> Hancock wrote this, this uh, book recently, and he talked about getting fired from a gig um, by Sonny Rollins. And the band was Richard Davis, Tony Williams, Herbie, and Sonny Rollins. And I wow. guess he said that Sonny wasn't, like, they were, you know, playing like they were playing with Miles Davis, like 1964. And Sonny was, like, not totally down. But Herbie said he's played amazing. It was just, like, just, like, great. And so I 
Right now, I really want to hear that gig so bad. <laughs> that'd be great. So right now, that's right at the top of my list. Yeah, that'd be great. What, what's the nicest thing a fan has ever said to you? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I, 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 I can't drop a, a, a favorite, a, a particular thing, but just that our, that our music has, has affected them in some kind of positive way. And uh, because you know, all of us when we you know when we get to be adults and we're out in the world, particularly I think when we get to be adults is we just want to see if we can make a positive impact in our community, wherever that is. And and for for me and 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 my crew, that's through playing music. So um, so if 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 I can do that in some way, just make people think just about something differently, whether they liked it or didn't like it, that's all right, you know. Um, or, or they they see something differently, or see themselves, or their or their environment differently. Then that that's a that's a huge thing, and, and and people have said things like that over the course of time. So it keeps us coming back, trying to get yeah, it right on. So over the years, you played for countless amounts of fans. You've had critics that have reviewed your music. There's so many different opinions on who Ron Miles is. You as the man, tell me who you are. Who what is your perception of who you are? Well, I, I hopefully am, I could say, a musician who plays well with others, and um, and like I say, allows allows the band um, doesn't get in the way of the band playing at its best, because in the end, I'm not that concerned whether people really are um, leave thinking they heard me, or they remember that they even heard me, but they they heard some great music. Yeah, and, um, and they heard this band that really touched them, and whether they like, like they remember, oh, this is Ron Miles, the jump, blah blah blah. That's all right, but just like, yeah, I remember this one through this club, and this thing was happening. That that to me is 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 the best part. So perfect, Ron. Thank you for your time. Well, well, we're gonna get out to KC for sure. So that if we don't see you in Chicago, we'll it'll inspire us to get out to Kansas City. Amen, man. Ron, thank you for your time. Okay, take care. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New York City, Kansas City, Denver, and spots all over America, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Ron Miles for his music and wisdom. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store, or you can visit theneonjazz.blogspot.com for all things Neon Jazz. Until next time, enjoy the music, my friends. Neon Jazz.